How do I become wealthy? This is the most common question I get from families in their 30s and 40s. So today we're going to go over seven simple steps to build wealth. This is Hunter Kelly. I am the host of Retire Early, Retire Now. I have been a financial advisor for the better part of a decade, and I am doing this podcast to help mid-career families retire early and pre-retirees retire now. So if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's jump into the podcast. These seven simple steps are just that. They are simple, yet they are not easy. The hard part is doing this day in and day out for weeks, for months, for years. I read a stat the other day that Warren Buffett has grown 99% of his wealth after the age 56. So even Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest people in the world, had to do these simple steps again for days, for weeks, for years in order to grow his wealth to about $100 billion. The first thing you want to do is you want to define what your wealth means to you. And for most people, all that really means is freedom. What do I need to be able to do the things that I want to do independent from my need to do this day-to-day job or task that pays me some sort of money? And so the first step is spend less than you earn. This is easy conceptually to think about, but it is hard Uh, For most people, the people that I work with have made a wide range of incomes from upwards to $500,000 to $750,000 a year down to $50,000 a year. And for most people, whether it's that high end or low end, they don't know where their money goes. So one of the first things that you can do is you can utilize a method called pay yourself first or reverse budgeting. And so this is where you take your income in. You identify what's most important to you. One, your needs. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. Your needs, uh, your wants that you plan that are important to you, and then everything else. And so what you do as your income comes in, you prioritize to those needs and those goals first, and then anything left over, that's your Starbucks and your walking around money, as I like to call it, now your needs are taken care of and your priorities are taken care of. The second thing you need to do is build an emergency fund. The biggest killer to wealth is not planning for things that um, that you can't plan for, right? And so the best way to mitigate those unforeseen flat tires and cars breaking downs and medical trips, the best way to do that is to build an emergency fund. So build cash somewhere between three to six months of expenses or your income. If you're on a more steady income basis, you know you're getting your check every two weeks or biweekly, and you know the exact amount you're going to get, three months will probably suffice. But if your income fluctuates, if you don't know what you're getting on a month-to-month basis, you're more commission-based, whatever have you, then six months may make more sense. Once you have that emergency fund, the next step you want to take is automating your finances or your savings plan. This is a very important step, and it's a way to hack your spending habits in order to save money. And so generally, 
what I would advise you to do is to create a couple different accounts. One for your needs, right? So you want to save towards your needs. So generally, this is like a checking account because you're paying bills and mortgages, things of that nature out of this account. The next one can either be a savings account or a brokerage account. And that is going to save toward some goals, whether that be short-term goals or more long-term goals, like buying a house, um, <clears throat> saving for kids' college, or maybe in a vacation in a few months or a year. And then the next thing would be uh, some sort of retirement-type savings. So that would be your Roth IRAs, 401ks, uh, maybe a brokerage account, depending on how much you need to save and things of that nature and, and timeline. Once you have those accounts set up, the next best thing to do is to go ahead and set up an automatic contribution to those accounts based off the amounts that you determine for each account the day after your check clears from your employer. Now, the, the thing you want to consider here is that you may create this plan. You may say, hey, I need to put this much in each account each, each month. And that may take some time to adjust. So what I would do is I would err on the side of let's start with either one of these accounts or a smaller amount than what I planned for originally because what may happen is that you contribute all, all this money to these accounts and then you realize that your spending habits haven't changed as much. So it may take some time to change those spending habits. So what I would do is I would set an amount that you're comfortable with and I would do that for one to three months and then each, each three months or each two months, I would reassess and I would say, okay, well, I can put a little bit more that would increase further toward my goal so that there isn't that sticker shock of, oh, now I went from zero savings to $1,000 a month and I feel like I can't do anything in my day-to-day -day life. And so this is the best way to kind of ease into it. Some people do like ripping the Band-Aid off per se, but I would start with something that you're very comfortable with and then pick a timeline and each time you hit that uh, segment of time, uh, increase your savings just a little bit. Um, once you have those automated savings kind of on autopilot and you're increasing them every so often, make sure that those long-term investments are a diversified portfolio. One of, the, one of the biggest mistakes that I see that people do is they try to go pick stocks and they're just starting out investing. Well, if you take something like a stock like Carvana, in 2021, the top of their pricing was about, about $360 a share. And then this past year, they crashed down to about $4.74 a share. And so um, it is very difficult to pick stocks and understand which ones are going to win and which ones are going to lose and, and so on and so forth. So the best way to kind of mitigate that risk of um, potentially losing all of your money is to pick a diversified portfolio. So pick something like index funds so that you can get a bunch of stocks within one fund so that the risk of you picking a really bad stock um, is mitigated immensely. The next thing you want to do is find ways to create multiple streams of income. So you've been you built your emergency fund, you've automated your savings, you've built a diversified portfolio. So the next thing you want to do is, well, how can I continue increasing my income so that I can save more and then eventually have those investments create my own income so that I'm not reliant on this job that I'm working, right? And so some things that you can do is, one, you can get in, if you're able to, get into rental properties. So a lot of my clients do have rental properties, whether that be commercial, real estate, 
or single family homes, things of that nature, condos that they rent out. The other thing is create a, a side hustle. So uh, a friend of mine, he does woodworking on the side, right? He uses his time and his expertise building structures and, and things of that nature for people's houses. And they pay him money and he does that on the side of his normal job. The other way is to create some passive income type stuff. So utilizing maybe YouTube or podcasts like I'm doing here. And if you have a particular skill set or knowledge, you can help people learn and speak to a specific niche. And then that that content can live forever on YouTube or a podcast app and continue to get views and listens and you can get advertisement dollars you can create courses, things of that nature. So just creating some sort of other income stream to your day-to-day job, maybe that's more passive or just something that you enjoy doing that you know that you can make some money off of, like woodworking. The next thing, number six, would be to make smart tax moves. Taxes will be your biggest expense over your lifetime. So doing things legally to mitigate taxes can have a ginormous impact on your wealth. So utilizing things like tax loss harvesting in your investments, knowing when to defer the taxes on your um, IRA contributions and 401k contributions versus utilizing Roth conversions or contributing directly to Roth IRAs. If you own a business, making sure you're maximizing things like qualified business uh, income deductions, things of that nature. Finding a good financial advisor or tax preparer that does great tax planning will be one of the, the most valuable things that you can do over your lifetime to build wealth. And then the last thing, number seven, is take some calculator risk. This past year, I started Palm Valley Wealth Management. That was a big risk to my family as far as income. I had a steady job at a, a bigger broker-dealer. I had a, a set number of clients that I was bringing in income, and it was making decent income. But the potential that I had creating my own company was much greater, but there was more risk involved. What if my clients didn't come with me? What if I was unable to start building this business and so on and so forth? So that was a big risk that I took, but it was calculated, and I knew that hey, there is a good chance that this is going to succeed, right? And so being able to take some calculated risk over your lifetime to receive more rewards can benefit your wealth greatly. So this was a quick one today. Seven simple yet not easy steps to building wealth. If you're like, ah, I need help doing that. I don't know how I'm budgeting or where my money's going or what I need to be saving or or my investments aren't necessarily working how I want them to go. Um, I love helping people with, with these types of uh, questions and pr- problem solving for their situation and helping them start building that wealth. So um, you can reach me at palmvalleywm.com or you can email me at hunter at palmvalleywm.com. And before we go, the best way to help this podcast is to either share it with a friend or leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. I just want to remind you, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This is not financial advice. This communication should not be relied upon as a sole factor in an investment making or financial planning decision. If you would like help, please seek a financial tax, legal, or insurance professional. Please 
keep Palm Valley Wealth Management in mind when making those considerations.